Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Nick and Joe with you. It's February. Posting season is nearly here. Nick, it's like 60 degrees in Portland, or at least it was this past weekend. I was out there in shorts, and I was a little too warm. Unbelievable weather out here. I took advantage of it. My game right where it needed to be. Coasted to an 89. Feeling great. Feeling good. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it's great you got to play some golf. Um, super jealous of that. But um, that's awesome. Are you Are you still... I know we talked about this earlier. Maybe this isn't the time, but... Um, oh, this is the time. You, you, you talked about putting together a, a, a training camp. To oh. qualify for the mid-am have you yeah. put together a plan have you started getting after it are you still kind of thinking about it what's what, what, where does that stand well I, I i have to admit i i have started to think about it i've gotten two new wedges um as i as i walked into stone creek let me set the scene for you i'm in there to check in for this round and i'm just so excited to be there and i make eye contact with rich who runs the men's club and he immediately walks to the back office, and I said, oh, no, Rich, don't tease me. And he comes out with two wedges wrapped in plastic ready for me. I got out on the course, first swing, I hit my sandwich to five feet, and I knocked it in for a birdie. <laughs> no and I was way. like, let's go. What have I been doing this whole time? <laughs> let's go. New grooves. The emperor has new grooves indeed. Um, Romy is sitting there being like, Joe, you should have done this five years ago. This is exactly why. Like, good for you. Pretty pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, man, things are good. We're excited. Um, you you sent me this link to take a uh, online mental game test. I have those results. I think you have yours as well. As well, we're gonna gonna share those in a little bit. Um, I didn't put this on the rundown, but you chose a golf course. I have wow to a golf course for twenty twenty four. That's huge. Before we get to any of it, a reminder to please rate and review the podcast. Apple, Spotify. I don't think there's any other place many people listen to podcasts, but if you get it, one of those spots, go ahead and punch that five stars. Leave us a little review. What do you like? Are you going to get new wedges? Let us know the specs. Put that in your review. Put anything in the review. It's appreciated. Nick, you sent this over to me a couple weeks ago. Golf Digest retweeting. Was it just a random guy? Or, Or was it just one of their writers? I don't remember. Just someone. And he said, where would you rather make an ace? And here are the four. And I think we should rank these. Because to me, it's pretty clear. But I I bet you're going to disagree. So the four are, would you rather make an ace with COVID cups? So the cup halfway up out of the hole. You just got to ding it. Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's a good clarification. Because COVID cups also could be with the pool noodle inside. 
which I think there's a big difference, especially when it comes to this scenario of which one we're talking about. So we're talking about cups that protrude. Is that the right word? From, that is from the, the right. Earth? Yeah. yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think if there's a pool noodle in the cup, does it really actually make a difference? I don't I don't think there'd be anything okay. strange about that. I mean, so we, it, agree. It still... we agree on that. If it's in yeah. a cup and there's a pool noodle, who cares? Okay. So it's, it's specifically the cups that stick out of the earth. Got it. Stick out of the earth. Exactly. Would you rather make an ace with the COVID cup? Would you rather make an ace playing alone? Would you rather make an ace on a simulator? Or would you rather make an ace on a par three course? Why don't you start with what you want? What What is the best of these in your mind out of these four? Well, the, the best one, I mean, there's, there's a, there, you're right. I think it's pretty obvious. The best one is playing alone, no. in my opinion. No. I, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Okay, That's fine. Go ahead. Because I'm not living by anybody else's judgment. Like, I don't care if you tell me that ace didn't happen or if my son tells me or if Brian Romy tells me that it doesn't count. Like, I was there. <laughs> I hit the ball. It went in the hole. I saw it. Like, I, I don't need anybody else's validation. Yeah. Um, and I had presumably four chances at it during that round as opposed to you know, on a simulator where some people have 10,000 chances or a par three course where every time they tee it up, they have a chance at an ace. Um, so I'm taking out of these four playing alone because I honestly don't care what anybody else thinks of my ace. So I, I understand what you're saying, but let me, let me sort of recontextualize it. Congrats to me. I waited till February to bring up my 67 on this podcast. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Um, if I shot that alone, I would feel silly. I have that scorecard on my fridge. And one of the best parts about it is you attested the scorecard. There was an attestation that, yes, I validate that I watched this fool be 700 through 16 and limp home, go bogey, bogey, and shoot a 67. I witnessed this. That happened. And if you were by your, I, I think it's okay to say this now, but if you, God forbid, make an ace by yourself in this calendar year, there will be a small part in the back of your head. You can tell me whatever you want. And it's not like someone else is like validating you. It's just that that is how it is in the game of golf. There is a standard that if you make a hole-in-one by yourself, it doesn't count in the same way as it does when you are with other people. This is just a thing. You look, you, you it's are true. What you're saying is completely true. You there are is Nick this rules. standard. That, this is a rule. There's this standard that people are like, well, it doesn't really count. So what you're saying is, is exactly true. I just put no weight into it. Like, it just doesn't matter to me. Like, I, I, I don't think anybody thinks I'm going to like make up that I made an ace and just like, like make up this lie and like live by it the rest of my that life. That would be crazy. Uh, that would be nuts. <laughs> um, I would rather have people there because it'd be cool to like have share somebody it. witness it and share it and high For five sure. and get drinks afterwards. Like, sure, of course I would prefer it, but I would not like think any less of it or have an asterisk in my mind. Like I, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't care. And and you and Romy could say, "Well, you were playing alone," and I would say, "That's fine. I still like. I still know what happened." You know what to I mean? To be like, clear, I would give you no shit. Uh, like if you got an ace by yourself, like that's awesome. And then, like a couple hours later, maybe after a drink or two, be like, "Hey, man, come on." You, know you that wish, count, right? <laughs> no, I would never say it doesn't count. What I would say is, 
don't you wish someone was there? Sure. And I would say, like, if I could choose with somebody or alone, nobody's choosing alone. Yeah. I guess I guess on this list of options, presumably other people are there for your simulator hole-in-one, or maybe it's on, like, some <laughs> security cam footage. Yeah. Um, which, which sprouts up on, on Twitter all the time now. Um, yeah, it, it's fine. People can say that. And I understand that there's this, like, unwritten or maybe even written rule that, like, it doesn't count unless it's attested. It just... It just... You don't give a shit. I don't live by those rules, yeah. I think that's great. Good for you. My number one is on a par three course, because... For sure. It's the only other... Well, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because, so, I've I, I've made uh, a couple aces at this pitch and putt course, and I don't... To me, that's not what a par three course is. That's a pitch and putt, because all those holes are like... I think the longest is 80 yards. So, I think one I hit him from like 60, and one I hit him from like 50. So, like, those are good pitch shots that went in the hole. There's a par three course that I grew up close to where they have a, they have a hole that's 180 yards. I would say eight, seven of the holes are over 150 yards. So, like, those are, like, full proper swings. The shortest hole, they have a hole at 80 and a hole at 90. So, making a hole in one on a hole that's, like, 130 yards, that's a hole in one. Like, I think par three course gets diminished too much in terms of the standard of a hole-in-one, because there is like, oh, well, it was a par-three course. But if you're on a real golf course, how many par-threes are going to be longer than what you would find in the average of this par-three course, where the average length hole is probably like 140 yards? I would argue that that's probably the average length par-three on a standard golf course. So to me, par-three is a legitimate hole-in-one, a par-three golf course. I agree with that 100%. It's it's totally legit. Um, Take nothing away from it. there's people who say it doesn't count. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. That's 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 some real nonsense to me. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it's just, and presumably in this scenario, since playing alone is a separate option, if you're on the par three course, you're with a group of buddies. So that's, that's a totally right. cool hole in one. I, w- I would certainly take that. I just feel like there's a little bit more randomness when it happens over the course of a of a championship T course round. That's all. There's nothing, you know, it's, it's look, it's very legit. I would take either one. I think both would be super cool. What's your third. So if, if we agree that playing alone and par three course are in the top half, what's, what's the bottom half here with COVID so cups or on a simulator? It is a distant, distant third. Like this would be, I agree. You know, a, a one versus 16 seed. Um, you know, somebody has to win the MIAC, you know, and get that, get that bid. Um, well, before you say, I think we have we have a one seed, a two seed, and we have a twelve seed, and we have a sixteen seed. That's how I would put it. I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say, in my opinion, a twelve seed because twelve's like wow. I think twelve seeds beat a five. I think twelve seeds are like over five hundred over the last like eight years in the tournament. I think, not to go too far into bracketology, but twelves I think are usually favored over the fives, or they they, they win more often. Well, especially so in the one and done era, like, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're gonna go exactly. You know, get those fifth year seniors, you know, who committed <laughs> to the program. Um, okay. Well, bracketology aside, my next one is COVID cups. Okay, thank it's, it's, okay. It's outdoor okay. golf. You were going to have a freak out. The, shot. the 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 length of which you've never seen before. If you if you said simulator was ahead of this, <laughs> go go ahead, please. I'm sorry. And the only way, like I I don't think I know. I'm going to kind of do a a complete reversal here, but I don't know that I could count an ace with COVID cups. The only way, like. If there was somebody standing on the green, like like a group that was like coming off the green and they like saw it, because my eyes are, are are fine, but 
I'm looking at something that's like 160 yards away. Who am I to say like it How hit would this you know? cup? Exactly. <laughs> yes. like if somebody was on the green recording it and it went in at a pace where like I'm 100% convinced it would have gone in on a real – I don't know. I guess you're technically writing one on the scorecard, but I don't think I would be like dropping a $500 bar tab after like dinging it <laughs> off the, uh, the, the cup. My, I, you know what's so funny is I, I didn't even consider that part of it. I was going to take a different angle, but this is the only perspective you can have on it. If you're farther than like 100 yards away, I'm presumably not going to be able to see the hole. I don't have very good eyesight from far away. Um, yeah, how the fuck would you know if, you, if, you're, if your ball hit a cup, like hit the I side of it? I guess it changed direction drastically. It. Yeah, but I – man. But it's probably going at a rate that it wouldn't have – precisely the cases so unless somebody was standing on the green filming it and i was like super convinced that like yes that ball like like just like inch its way and like bounced off and ricocheted like two inches you're like okay it would have gone like i I don't know i still don't think like i said i still don't think i'm like i'm probably writing one on the scorecard but i'm probably not like i said going to the corner club and and buying everybody drinks uh all night have you seen the video of the middle-aged guy who is like does the whole thing like, all right, time to COVID golf. And he's out there. He's like from 40 feet away. He's just drilling the ball into the cup. <laughs> like like he hits rockets, but they hit the cup every time. And he's like, bang, another birdie. And then he's like two feet away and he hits it. So it goes so hard. It like rolls down the fairway behind him. And he's like, boom, eagle. It's just, oh my God, it really puts it all that. in perspective. That's so but, good. And I know we've talked about it at nauseum, but the funniest thing about the COVID cup era is just the thought that, you were going to shoot 66 because of that. <laughs> like, it's it's going to be so easy. All I have to do is hit the – I'm going to birdie half the holes. This is unfair. Yeah. It's going to ruin the, the game. Cups above ground. They're, they're 10 inches wide. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to be a lunatic, but if I may, just real quick on the simulator thing. God bless everybody who enjoys the simulators. I know a lot of people have fun doing them. If I had one in my home, I'm sure I'd be a big advocate – if there was one down the road that I could like walk to and use very easily, maybe I would enjoy it then. The idea that someone would consider hitting a ball into a screen as more valuable than any of these is psychotic to me. I know the one guy from Barstool had his experience where he hit like 15,000 shots in a row to hit one in on the short pole at Pebble Beach, and he finally did it. That's great. That was a very specific bit. He accomplished it. Good for him. That's fantastic. But again, the idea that what you do, hitting a ball into a screen, is comparable to anything that happens outdoors on a golf course is asinine to me. It's a totally different thing. Does it have value? Sure. Is it going to help your golf game? Perhaps. Is it a fucking hole-in-one if you hit a ball into a screen? Hell no. That's insane. If anyone counts a simulator hole-in-one as a hole-in-one, you have lost touch with reality, my friend. Get outside, touch some grass. I once had a person tell me they have three hole-in-ones, one on a course and two on a simulator. And I was just <laughs> like, and this was like, this was like four years ago. And I was just uh, like, what? You mean you what? have one hole-in-one? <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't want to be a dick, but I'm like, yeah, so you just told me you have one hole-in-one. <laughs> Which is still cool. Like, just yeah, say I that. went to Augusta and I dunked it on 16. What? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, very clearly, we think playing, a, playing alone par three course, 1A and 1B, COVID Cups is third, and uh, Simulator is a, I'll say, distant fourth for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're good. So speaking of real golf, this is the moment I've been trying to pull out of you for weeks now, and you spring it on me, which is very exciting. You've chosen a golf course. I've chosen the, a golf course. The first thing I have to know, is there OB all on the left side? No. Okay, good. Not. There is not. Here comes the gold um, division for us. Corner Club Open 2024. Yes, let's go. Uh, so this course, there's a few things that I've kind of talked about that I was looking for in a course. And this, I think, checks a lot of the boxes, maybe all the boxes. There is a, a very good club tournament schedule. Like there's multiple. Great. They have, a, they have a golf club. There's multiple individual stroke play tournaments. There's an individual stable for a tournament. There's a club championship. And there are six different club tournaments at least in 2023. So I'm kind of going off of yeah, 2023. This so is great. great. I want to play in, I think I said my goal was six tournaments. Um, that That's great. I, I'm, I will have the opportunity to do this. Um, it's a really, it's a good value. So for the price, this actually includes golf. Not what I did last year where it, I was buying the opportunity to, to get a disc, to buy a discount of golf. This actually includes the golf. It's somewhere between 950 and thirteen fifty a year for all the golf I can play, depending if I want the Whoa. premium option, which includes unlimited range balls, 20 hours on their indoor track man facility, all that stuff. So I have a couple options, which, which both seem pretty good. So real quick, you're saying maximum price, thirteen fifty for everything you want. If I give them a check for thirteen fifty, I will get 20 hours on the track man, unlimited range balls, and unlimited golf. That's unbelievable. It's pretty good. Wow. That's pretty good. Um, also, the proximity. Like, this place is going to be like a 10-minute drive from my house or less. So, it's, it's like... This is I great. Know. Yeah. Um, actually, Joe, it's a, it's a course you've played before. Oh? It's a course... It's a course um, I'm a big fan of it. You've actually had some success there. Oh, no. Wait <laughs> a minute. Actually, what are you doing? Is this your aforementioned 67 <laughs> on this course. Are you serious? Yeah. When, when is this happening? <laughs> this month. <laughs> what? I cannot believe. Okay. So for folks that don't know what's going on, this means Nick is moving to Moscow, Idaho this month. That's That's what we're saying. Holy shit. Yeah, so before happening. the podcast, before the podcast, this is unbelievable. <laughs> We're winning the corner club open. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> before the podcast started, Nick sent me a text. He's like, hey, the corner club open is on. I'm like, hell yeah. And I'm hungover on a Sunday. Didn't really think about it again. And then I see Nick here. We're recording today. And I'm like, oh, what's what? I'm trying to get some details for the corner club open. And he's he's being all cagey and not really telling me about it. It's because he's moving back to the to the motherland. Yeah, I know. I didn't know how I could hide this from you. I'm like, I don't know how to dodge questions. Stop asking me. Wow. Joe. Like, just, just <laughs> not good under pressure. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Moving back. The family's moving back to Moscow. Dude, I'm so happy for you and your family. I'm happy for your folks. I'm happy for your brother. This is this is such great news for me, for Brian. This is unbelievable yeah. news. The whole the whole complexion of everything has changed. You're gonna be in the same time zone. I know. Uh Oh my God! This is wow, big yeah, stuff, and you're getting and away from I, the freaks and ghouls of the East Coast. That's even better. No more cheaters on the golf course. <laughs> wow! So you're going to be a member of the University of Idaho Golf Club. 
Yeah, it's crazy. It, it it's crazy, but it is uh, it's happening. Well, I'm glad that you chose that as opposed to the Elks course or something else in the area. <laughs> Can you imagine if I came on and said I'm going to I'm going to be a member at Colfax Golf Club? Oh, <laughs> uh, many congratulations! Is this how Brian's going to find out? Um, no, Ashley already told Brian, and then I, I had to be like, don't I like don't tell Joe. I'm gonna I'm gonna like I'm gonna backdoor tell him on the. Oh, uh, well done! I give you a ten out of ten. That's that's expertly done. This is this is very exciting. Well, we have we have many things to discuss. I have a flood of thoughts in my head, but I can't get to any of them right now. So by the end, by this time next month, you will be in Moscow, Idaho. Yes. Are, I mean, are you guys getting a house? Like, I mean, you, you have a whole family. You have to get a house, right? I know. Yeah, we're, we're going to look for a house. Um, we're, we're trying to lock down like a, a temporary lease right now. We've got a good lead on a place that will, will fit all of us and our dogs that we can get for just a couple months while we sell yeah. our house and try to buy a new house. But yeah, wow. um, there's, I mean, there's like so many things to try to piece together, um, but we're, we're working on it. Wow. Well, the important thing is Windy Hills is your home course for the purposes of this podcast. That's the important thing. So yeah, that's, that's the important thing. Very, very, very exciting stuff. Congratulations. Oh man! Wow! Well done, Thanks. and and Thanks. and you really and you really sold it well. I I, I got to give you top marks for that. I I really I di- I didn't know until you said I had some success on this course, and then I finally put it together. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought I thought around then you you would. So yeah, Ashley, wow. Ashley told me this is the most I've prepared for a podcast. <laughs> in years. I told her what I was going to do, and she's like, oh, so "Yeah, this is the most you prepared for a podcast." I'm like, "Oh, thanks." Oh, I love it. That's great dedication. Okay, there you go. Nick chooses a golf course. The University of Idaho golf course, once again, is your home course. Uh, So let's move on to the online mental game test. So you very excitedly text me about this. Like, hey, I found this mental game test, and, and I took it, and I got the results, and I think it said a lot about me as a golfer, and I took it as well, and I've got my results, and... I don't know if I had the same reaction as you. So do you do you want to kind of talk about how you find this? Maybe a little background for the people listening? Yeah, I think I actually saw somehow this guy's Twitter came up. Like he was probably commenting on like golf tweets and from a from a mental perspective. And um so I clicked on his profile and it was like, you know, he's a golf psychologist, mental golf coach. Um, and like his pinned tweet was like a link to this mental assessment. So I was like, oh, someday I'll take that. And so Months later, I, I finally took it. It's like, I don't know, like 10 to 15 minutes. I don't know how long it took you. I think it was like about 10 minutes. Pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not too bad. And so I took it. And like a week later, I got this two or three page, you know, breakdown of my mental game, which I, I'm interested in the mental part of it. Um, so I, I'm kind of apt to, to do things like that. I know you are maybe to a lesser extent. Um, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. I'm willing to do them, but my acceptance of them is probably less than you. Yeah, so I got, um, I mean, the results are, are pretty spot on. And I think the po- there's like positives and negatives, like strengths and weaknesses. And the strengths, I don't think were a surprise to me. I think I've, I've kind of defined those, like my perspective, like I have a bad round and I don't like beat myself up over it. I don't go home and like, you know, scream at the kids and anything like that. Like, I'm like, right. look, it's a round of golf. Like a bad round of golf is still a round of golf. Um, grit, I think, because like, I convinced myself that like even after 15 holes and I'm like headed towards like another 98, I, I still like try to find something to play for. Like, you know, I guess that, that gives me grit as a strength. Um, 
But it comes to the weaknesses. It's something that is, is perfectly articulated that I had never like defined in myself. And that is a fear of failure. And so, okay. I, I had not thought of that as like my main mental weakness, but then I, I kind of look back and I'm like, okay, when I was in Orlando, I played the winter park nine and I played nine holes and I, I kind of had some more time to kill. I could have made another nine, but I, I like my, I had towed a couple, like, like completely off the toe, like 40 degrees. And there's, I think I mentioned, there's nothing between the course and the roads. Like one time I almost took out a car that was passing by and like, you know, you go on this trajectory, you're going to hit a house or like pedestrians. Yeah. And I, I literally was like, I, and there's like parking lots, like all around the course. And I literally was like, I don't want to cause property damage by like errant <laughs> shots. And like, as, as silly as that sounds, no, no, like I as, trust as me. Chris as that sounds, it, it does. But like that is defined. Like, thinking about the most negative possible outcome and letting that steer my decision-making. And I'm like, yeah, like I I thought it was totally normal not to want to like smash a car window with a, with a golf shot if you're not really hitting it well in the middle of January. But like when that's kind of your go-to is like, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? Let me guard against that. Like that's kind of the weakness that's driving my golf game and my mental game specifically. Yeah, I think I think that's a a good way to put it because I think a lot of people feel that emotion when you know they see someone in a close adjacent fairway maybe where their miss has been left and the people are off to the left and you're like, "Oh, well, I'm not going to hit these people." And then you immediately slice it a thousand yards to the right to get out of the way. So, whether these things are conscious or subconscious, I think that there's a lot to the fear of failure. Um so Based on that, does that like help you change your approach or the way that you think about things? Like, or is it just like, yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense. And maybe you just think about it in in a different way that's helpful, or is just like an informational thing for you? Like, what are you getting out of this? I think being aware of it is is the first step. Uh, You know, (laughs) I can acknowledge and say like, I have approached this game with a fear of failure, and it's it's probably hurting me way more than it's helping me, even though I'm, I'm happy to not be owing anybody bills for broken windows right now. <laughs> of you know? course. So, yeah. Um, no, I think acknowledging it, I think there are, I'll, I'll probably pursue, you know, I'll probably engage with it in some sort of like, you know, see how that, what you should do about it. I, I don't think I'm going to be like employing a, a golf mental coach. I just don't think that's in the cards for me. I got other things going on right now, but um I think being being aware of it and maybe kind of trying to exercise it a little bit and, and try different things and, and maybe kind of like stare it in the face a little bit. Not that it's like this crazy beast, but, you know, like it just kind of acknowledging it and, and, and toying with it, I think, is is just helpful. Yeah, that that kind of leads me into uh, mine. So I got kind of contradictory feedback. It says my main strengths are acceptance, self-belief and pressure. And it says, I stand out for those things. And then it says, my core area in need of improvement is anxiousness and nervousness, which I agree with. Anxiety is something I'm riddled with on and off the golf course. I'm, I'm to be frank, in counseling because of it and have been for some time. And so I'm not surprised by that at all. Like I knew as I was answering these questions, like, well, they're going to think I'm a, um, you know, an anxious guy. And I am. But like the fact that it says I have... 
It says in my strengths, it says you have the ability to take what golf gives you and receive it with little complaint or judgment. You know who you are, more often than not, very sure of yourself. I suppose that's probably true. You have the ability to handle inward and outward pressures that you and others put on you, and you most likely love the feeling of pressure. So, I mean, maybe this is like really boiled it down to like a, a very like micro assessment, but like apparently I love the feeling of pressure, but I'm also terrified of it. Like... That's well, what I it think, sounds like. Or am I, I missing it? I think you're slightly missing it. And I think okay. because I think that if you're a golf mental coach, you define pressure and anxiety different. And I think pressure, okay. and I, I'm probably going to butcher this. And I'm not going to try to give you the definition, but anxiety sure. is more like like worrying about the unknown and, and you know almost maybe almost like fear of failure. Whereas pressure is just like, there's something that's important that has yet to be determined that I control. Okay. That's an interesting way to put it because like I played, I, I played with my buddy Logan last weekend and we, we, we had a fun little match going and it, and it was great. Cause we were on, I think like the 15th hole and I think I was like one up or two up and we both had like five foot nervy putts for par. And I looked at him and I goes, this is, this is why you do a match for like to have putts that mean something. And we both made them and he tried to talk shit. And I said, no, my putt is like in the hole. Like I knew the putt, he made his, and I just stepped up and knocked it in because I knew I was going to make it. Conversely, I did lose the last three holes to lose one down. Now, some of that was bad luck. So I don't think I necessarily gagged it away. Like the sun was setting. I couldn't find my tee shot on 17. It just like disappeared in the sun. So I literally had to like run back to the tee box, hit another tee shot, and I promptly made a seven. So kind of unlucky. Same time, I don't know that I felt anxious. So you're saying anxiousness is a feeling, whereas pressure is like more of a, I, I guess I still don't really get it. I again, I am not certified to be saying this, sure. but I, from what I from what I understand, pressure is more um, when there is something that that you value, right? That you can control that is not yet determined, right? Okay, like you want to win this match. I have this putt to win the match, and it may go in, and it may not go in, right? That that's pressure. Anxiety, I think, is more fear of the uncertainty, fear of the uncontrollable, worrying about outcomes, things like that. Again, got it. Again, I could be completely misinterpreting this, but I think at least, at least from a high level, that's like, again, if you're a golf mental coach, you're differentiating them. If you're a golfer, you're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? It's the same thing. Yeah. Well, you always used to say the thing pressure isn't what you feel, it's what you apply, which I think is maybe oh, yeah. an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Quoting Nick back to Nick. Um, I think at the end of the day, it sort of reaffirmed the way that I felt about stuff. Like I would. I would call myself a confident guy outwardly, but I'm, I actually have a, a fair bit of uh, nerves and anxiety, not necessarily when like a big shot is coming up, just sort of like generally speaking, and I'll pop out at random times. So I, I, I think it kind of nailed it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess at the, at the end of the day, the mental game assessment report was accurate. Like you, you feel it was accurate, right? Yeah, mine, mine was, was super accurate. Like I said, the strengths I was aware of like i know that like when i step onto the golf course i'm gonna have a good attitude and i'm gonna find something you know positive to take away from it whether it's my score or not uh the fear of failure was something that i've kind of known like i don't want this like terrible outcome to happen but i'd never defined it as like i'm approaching this game with a fear of failure so i think that from that standpoint i think it's interesting and hopefully helpful 
Folks, if you're interested in taking this, this gentleman's name is Josh Nichols. He's the host of The Mental Golf Show. You can find him at Josh Luke Nichols on Twitter or Instagram. It was interesting. You know, it, 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 it's a fun way to spend 10 minutes. A lot of questions. Um, with that, it is now time for the Mad Golfer of the Week. Nick, we're heading to Arizona, TPC Scottsdale, the site of the biggest drunk frat party on the PGA Tour. It's the Waste Management Phoenix Open this week. This is from, and this is one of the better golf handles for a, a handle for a golf reviewer I've seen. This is Lipper, 1961. Lipper says, quote, Played stadium course June 20th, 2013. So it's, it's been a while. And the course is not in good condition. Burnt out spots everywhere, yet muddy in other places. Guy at the end who cleans your clubs told us, well, it is in the middle of June, and if you come back during prime months, the course will be pristine. Well, excuse me, ball washer boy, but I expect a better experience than this any time of year. That guy left a real bad taste in my mouth, and I won't be coming back, ever. $75 is way more than most of the courses charge now, even what? in 2013. Even in 2013, that's insane. This is a PGA Tour course for $75? Crazy. Okay, back to Lipper. We're paying 35 for <laughs> U of I back then. Uh, $75 is way more than most other courses charge now that are in way better condition, even in June. I played Whirlwind last week, and it was pristine. Just an FYI, not to expect a lot right now. They're closing in three weeks for a month to work on the course. With so many courses to choose from in this area, this is not one that I would play at this time. Thanks, Lipper. Ball washer yeah. boy? That's Ball washer boy. Pretty rude. Sorry sorry. late June um, in Phoenix wasn't getting you like the green grass you were paying your $75 for. Yeah, if only we could uh, just water and spray paint the grass just to make it good <laughs> for Lipper. 1961. Congrats to Lipper 1961. You are our Mad Golfer of the Week. And with that, it is now time for Nick Rules. Brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. Well, I thought that all golfers were listeners to this podcast, but apparently Rory McIlroy and Joaquin Neiman are not. Uh, two bad drops recently on uh, professional golf tours. And Rory McIlroy um, handling it you know, taking full responsibility saying unbeknownst to me, the rule changed in 2023. Like nobody told me that we're going into our second year of the, of a rule change. <laughs> um, you used to be able to come back on the line, take a club length either side that was changed in 2019 to be able to do that. I wasn't aware that the rule changed again to, in 2023. So I took a drop thinking of the 2019 rules when everything was sort of changed, not knowing that the rule was changed again. And in 2023, so I got a two-stroke penalty there. That's a quote. Like if, if you thought I was just rambling and repeating wow. myself, that was a quote from Rory, one of the most well-spoken professional golfers on planet Earth. Yeah. Um, basically saying that the reason he got this penalty is because the rule changed and then it changed again. And he was playing by the first rule change, not the second rule change. And, and there's no way that he would have to know that the rule changed over a year ago. Um, tough, tough look. Joaquin Neiman also took a bad drop. He just didn't measure his, his, like you get like a one club length drop and he just like took a massive step and then like took another side shuffle <laughs> and dropped his ball and decided like, sure, that's about a club length. Um, never seen that happen before. And then he was assessed a two stroke penalty for, for another bad drop. People just 
take a legal drop. Like it, it really isn't that hard. Whatever the rule is, Rory and Joaquin's were similar, but not exactly the same. The bottom line is know the rule, follow the rule. So what do they have to do to follow the rule? What did they do? They just like dropped outside of the designated length you can drop from the spot? Exactly. Rory Rory was, was supposed to drop on the line and he went he took a club length from the line. Joaquin was supposed to drop within a club length of, of the line, but just like took a very, very liberal step, didn't measure, didn't mark, because normally they say like a club length, they'll pull the driver, they'll lay it down, they'll put a tee in the ground, and like they're very clearly within the club length. Joaquin just grabbed his ball, took a huge step, like found a nice piece of grass and dropped it and kept playing. Rory's drop, like he was lighting it up at Pebble. He was like towards the lead at the start of the first round. And then I looked up and he had shot 73 and I didn't really know what happened that he finished. I'm pretty sure he finished bogey quad bogey to shoot 73 in part because of this drop. Waka won last week. He won and live. I, we're recording this Monday. I guess he won yesterday. Did you see any of those highlights, Nick? Were you were you watching? Missed it. No, no. It was actually pretty neat. I, I saw like a couple things on Twitter. I guess him and Sergio had a four hole playoff, uh, and they finished in the dark. And and and, and Waco took care of business there. Are you going to pick him to win a major this season? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Well, he's probably not going to play in any because he's on live. <laughs> and that <laughs> I got to find eligibility first. Nick rules. Going back to Idaho. It's really exciting stuff. Yeah, man. I uh it's it's gonna be crazy. We got a we got a busy couple of weeks. We got a lot of a lot of things on the to-do list. Yeah. But uh we're gonna get there, we're gonna get settled and uh <laughs> yeah, just just in time for uh for the course to open. Man, I mean we probably we probably picked a pretty tough time to like set a rigid schedule for when we're I gonna know. record. <laughs> well, this was like all in the works. I'm like, yeah, I think that's I think that's cool. But um yeah, I mean this has kind of been in the works for a little while um been keeping a tight lid on it so now I can yeah <laughs> let everyone know well the patrons are aware very exciting stuff congrats to you congrats to the family congrats to all of you listeners out there you are getting closer to the start of posting season make sure to hit them straight make sure to rate and review the podcast we're trying to get some folks to tell us about the world handicapping changes par three courses you can you can be a scratch golfer just playing par three courses. How we're trying to figure out, and when we do, you will know. Yeah, we need to find the, the easiest way to lower our <laughs> handicaps. That should be our first That's question cool. for the golf association that we talked to. So, how do we get in the goal division of the Corner Club Open? Can you tell us yeah. what what courses we have to play and what we have to What's shoot? What's the best to do loophole? That? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.